Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. Angel here. I am always happy to be here to share with you the messages and the individuals that are out there. And I have a fun guest today. Sandra, is it Kuz? Yes. I said it right. Yay. I'm going to check off my list. I did it right. She is going to share with you her story, and I'm very excited to have you here, Sandra. Thanks for being here. And I believe I have an international, another international uh, speaker today. Um, you say you're from Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Yes. Well, originally from Germany, moved oh, to wow. Ontario, and then to Newfoundland. So yes, definitely international. So you are a, a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, about yourself today. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. So great to meet you, Angel. Um, My name is Sandra, and I'm an intuitive trauma release and self-empowerment coach. I'm a certified traumatic incident reduction facilitator, Reiki master teacher, and published author. Now, how I got here was my own story. I was sexually, I was molested when I was 12. I was sexually arrested 14. I was bullied in school between the age of 16 to 17. I was sexually assaulted multiple times between the age of 19 and 25. I was raped at 22. And when I went to see a psychologist after all of that to help me get back on my feet, he dismissed me after the first session saying, well, I believe you already broke through it all. What am I supposed to do? So in a way, I had no choice but to find my own way of healing. Because the thing with rock bottom is once you hit rock bottom, the only way is up. But you have to choose to go up. And I decided that I was not going to live a miserable life. I didn't like who I was. And I was going to fight for myself. And I did. I completely healed by myself. I learned so much about trauma and what really has to happen to heal on my journey. And this turned into a passion to help others heal. And I can't imagine doing anything else. Wow. So um, I guess it'd be easy to say you've been through some stuff and that your story is very powerful, um, you know, as a, as a holistic and, and intuitive coach, I always have the thing I say where everything happens for a reason. And then you talk mm-hmm. to people that have been through like really traumatic things. Yeah. Um, how, how does it feel for you now and what you're doing now, looking back on that, you know, saying that you've released it, what is that journey like for you? It's, I look back at my journey and sometimes I wonder, did this really happen to me? Because I have no connection to it at all. I mean, it's part of my life story. It will always be part of my life story, but it has no nutritional value in my life. I love that. No nutritional value. It's like the nutrition of the soul. It's empty. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's easy to say, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a generation Xer. We grew up, grew up with all the, the stuff, you know, looking out for number one and just let it go. And it's like, girl, just let it go. That's what that guy told you, right? That's what the therapist told you. I think you just Pretty let much. it go. You're, you go do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't Why tell me how, but always yeah. like, oh, go forth and be fruitful. <laughs> and that's trauma. Yeah. And a lot of us have been through trauma um, and have never gone through a, a process of releasing it, especially women, sexual trauma yeah is 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 prolific in the community and you went through it more than once mm-hmm. and yeah. I think it's really interesting that you found your own way through it because the universe meant for you to be a resource for other women which is very powerful what 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 do you what when you look back on it did you have lots of starts where you I'm going to try this and no, that doesn't work. Okay, great. I'm going to, or did you just kind of go through a flow with different processes? It was, let's say I didn't really have one perfect solution for that. There was like little aha moments that guided me along the way. And it's the same with my clients. I mean, I can only give them the aha moments and then it just makes sense. And they release that part of the trauma that's how trauma healing works you understand what is holding you back and as soon as you understand it has no power over you anymore just like fear yes fear is an illusion as soon as you conquer if you understand why you're afraid fear has no meaning in your life anymore i love that in trauma you know i'm i'm a um big supporter of people that help people through trauma in this world where coaches are popping up all over the place the people are out there engaging people right now mm-hmm. in processes, but they don't have the tools right. to help people when they trigger them on, on their trauma. Do you find that you have to work with people a lot that have been, you know, like their trauma is awakened through some work with somebody else? Yes. Well, most of my clients find me after they had this tower moment, like they're suppressing all their lives and then something happens and everything comes rushing back and they have no idea what just happened. And yeah. yeah. And usually those are the people that I work with, like those that triggered their therapist because their therapist didn't do their own trauma work. And then they feel like, okay, if my therapist cannot help me is triggered by my story, how am I supposed to live with this? Those people come to me and those are ready. It's important that you're ready to heal. If you just do it because you think you should do that, then you're not ready. When you're ready, you will find the right. So true. So true. Like, and it can happen, you know, an ideal scenario would be that you wouldn't be traumatized, of course, but you know, it happened here. And then three days later, you find a solution and then you get it resolved and you move on. That's not usually how it happens. Unfortunately, Um, And a lot of women, um, are traumatized through interpersonal relationships. They don't realize that they were an abusive relationship, that this person, no means no. And that, you know, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you do um, like groups and support systems also to, to, to allow women the courage to step in? Not at this point. Okay. Because I'm still evolving this process. I love my one-on-one clients because I can really focus on them. I'd say that the traumatic incident reduction that I do is a one-on-one modality. Okay. It's, it can't be done in group settings. 
And then from there, moving on to coaching, to group coaching at some point, maybe, you know, once I see if a lot of people have the same beliefs, the same issues, yes, then I can get into groups and then work together with them to release that. But at this point, I enjoy the one-on-ones too much. I love that. Um, And I understand um, the need to heal. You know, you're just like, I can't do this anymore. But you yeah. went on, we went beyond that. You're like, I'm he I'm healing, because we are always healing, right? I'm healing, but I want to help people. Why help people? Why is it's, that a passion? Because I know it's possible. Oh yeah. I'm living proof. And it's really straightforward and simple. Now, as an example. Last week, I did a course on, I did a mental health first aid course, just in case, you know, to even get better at helping people release trigger. When I see someone on the street, they are in emotional distress, so I can be better at what I do. But I didn't agree with my trainer who said PTSD, you can only learn to live with. And that's what the World Health Organization tells everybody. And after our class, I said, all right, so I healed from my trauma. I healed PTSD. I help women and men, of course, heal PTSD and the deepest trauma you can imagine. What makes me so special that I can do this? And they're saying it's not possible. That is that, that is so um, profound because, you know, I myself, I'm wrestling with the concept that we as a, as a society of peoples on this planet don't seem to want to acknowledge some of the serious mental health conditions that are out there after what we've just gone through and we went through the gambit we had the pandemic and then we had the black lives matter and then we had the me too everybody was awakened and triggered all the same time while they were stuck in their houses not able to engage with anybody (laughs) being on the moon all by yourself right yeah i think the entire planet has PTSD. you know what i mean it's 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 like you can't live with it you have to release it right And what we forget is the body is self-healing, not just broken bones and a paper cut, but on all levels. But the thing is, we were never taught how to heal emotionally. We were just taught, well, this happened to you. I'm sorry, but now you have to learn to live with it. So we're punished twice, basically. Yep. And I say no. Even in my book, I stress that a body is self-healing. You can heal. You just got to find out how. Find out how. And back in the day when the ladies showed up, to report um, rape or attack, they literally treated us like criminals, right? Exactly. They <laughs> still do to some extent. Yeah. So, and this is traumatizing um, on top of it. Yes, yes, yes. And um, talk to me about your book. Okay. What's the title, and then what 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 are we going to find? Why should we, why should the the listeners grab well, that? Well, <laughs> my book, the first one that I published, is book one in a trilogy. I'm releasing the second one this year with the pandemic and moving to Newfoundland. It took a little longer to finish it. So the first book, the trilogy is called Journey to Yourself. And book one is How to Heal from Trauma, written by someone who did. And in it, I share my story on 10 pages. So my story is not the main focus of the book. What I do in my book is I unravel trauma. I look at it from every angle and I demystify it. So that we see why do we behave the way we do in certain circumstances? Why are we so conditioned to live with trauma rather than release it? I add exercises. I add room for notes. 
I go outside the box with a little bit of holistic approaches like balancing your chakras, try Reiki, how about acupuncture? I add every angle you can go at with trauma because trauma is like a whole body healing. You don't just do therapy and then you're healed. No, trauma is also in the body. Fibromyalgia is a result of trauma that's stored in the body. MS is the same way. I, I love that you brought up fibromyalgia and MS because they are rampant in our communities right now, right? I wonder why. And yeah, and a lot of the, the, the physicians point to mental health, but then they don't do anything about it. They're like, this exactly. might be happening because you've got something going on. Here's some pills and mm -hmm. uh, you know, stretch a little more and then they send you home. Exactly, that's the problem. And, you know, do you talk to doctors? Do you ever get an opportunity to engage with um, physicians about some of this stuff? Well, not yet, but since my trainer for my mental health first aid course is reading my book and was really curious about my story, I'm hoping that this door might be open because I made a very interesting point that he was actually considering since he actually changed his verbiage in the second day a little bit. Wow. Like we haven't found it yet. So I'm hoping that I will get the chance to talk to experts. I think that that would be beautiful. So I'm going to send out there to get you access to that because we, we really need to combine this kind of more holistic conversation with the, with the medical and even some of the mental health practitioners, because I, I, I feel like we, we need, we need to be different. We need to be yes. different. So I'm going to ask you this question. I wrote it down because I'm curious and I'm, the listeners may be curious. How is the relationship conversation for you now that you've healed all of that? Do you feel now a little different? Or are you still in a healing process for that? No, I am a completely different person. Yes. Yesterday, my husband and I, we had a conversation and he was like, I'm curious, what do you remember from the time we met? Like 18 years ago. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it was it almost makes me feel uncomfortable thinking about who I was then because I'm no longer that person. I'm sassy. I'm outspoken. I yes. know what's my favorite word. I set boundaries with myself and everybody without feeling bad about it. I raise an empowered child instead of punishing him, teaching him, you know, so I completely changed on all levels. I love that you said sassy. Mm -hmm. um, because they're, you know, you're sassy. That, that's probably why he brought it up. Cause he's like, Ooh, who's this? Maybe. I love this because your juiciness came out because you let go of all that stuff that those people programmed in you. Right. And yeah. that that's what the trauma is. And, you know, the work that you do with people one-on-one, -on -one, man, can you share, um, a, an example of make like, like an experience people can get an idea of some of the things besides yourself, because you're an awesome example, of course. <laughs> yes, I can share a story from one of my clients. She gave me permission. Um, she was raped in college, basically raped by one, held down by two. So, and this, she, this caused PTSD beyond belief. So she wasn't able to really have a good sexual relationship with her now partner who was amazing. And we worked through it with traumatic incident reduction. She released that trauma and then she went on vacation with him. 
two weeks into the vacation, I got an email. I have the most amazing time and we have such great, you know, and I was so happy to read this. Everybody else would say, oh my God, TMI. But I was like, this is incredible. I was so happy for her. Yes, she still has a long way to go, but she was able to stay emotionally in her body and enjoy it for like the first time ever. And I was so happy about that. No, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it for a second to, to really give you an opportunity to really kind of put the exclamation point. People will say they'll say TMI, but for me, that is the most beautiful thing. Here, you know, you get the opportunity to do one of two things have this uncomfortable, miserable life, or have the best physical, emotional relationship for the rest of your life. You're 98 years old, you guys still snuggle. Who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Who doesn't want that? But it's hard to do when you're caught up in the trauma because I, I compare it to listening or watching the same program over and over again. You know, you got to show you like, mm-hmm. like I'm a Trekkie. I could watch episodes of the original Star Trek over and over and over again. They're not traumatic, but if you've got that trauma movie playing in your head over and over again, yeah. every time a guy comes up to you, every time somebody touches you on the arm, every time you walk in a building that looks like a college and it triggers this movie, mm-hmm. how are you going to behave with people in your right. relationships, right? Right. And it's not just the emotional, the memories, it's the physical. Yeah. I mean, when my husband and I first got married, I wasn't healed yet. And sometimes he touched me and I was like, ew, that's disgusting. Don't touch me. I can't right now. I didn't say that to him, that's, you know, but that's how I felt. It felt so disgusting. You know, I don't anymore, but it takes a lot of work to release that from your body. And, and having a good partner who understands is very helpful. So sometimes I work with couples so that the yes. partner can understand how to be present for let's say the woman or the man, depending who's the deeply traumatized here, how can I be present and help them through be that safe haven? Because, you know, men and being rejected by women, I think it's their fault. And, but women feel too embarrassed to talk and even men talk about their trauma because they think you don't talk about this, but if you can't talk to your partner about it, who can you talk about it? And it, it, you you opened up my my mind to so many questions with that because there's so many things to look at in terms of just how we're evolving as a society. You've got the men who don't know how to engage, you know, with a you know with a woman who's been traumatized. You know, how do you have that conversation? Then we got the LGBT community mm-hmm. who's coming up and and they've been through stuff as they were coming out. There's so much thing so much going on in this conversation of trauma. And I've always told, I was always told by therapists, like part of it is looking at it and talking about it. And this is a topic people don't like to talk about. And yeah, that's the topic you actually should talk about. Right. And um, do you find, I probably should rephrase that question as it's coming up, because I'm thinking about the story you told. Women, do they, as they're freed, because you're freeing them, right? Do you find they become more in love with themselves? Mm-hmm. They do. I felt it in myself too. It's because everything you want to be, everything that's good about yourself, everything you want to achieve is already within you. It's just buried underneath the trauma. And the more you heal, the more this automatic comes up. So you only have to release the trauma and you're a whole new person. There's nothing else you need to do. That was so good. Um, And it, you know, it's like, 
the diamond in the rough. If you polish off all the dust and the dirt, then the diamond comes out. And that's the image that came to mind when you were describing that, mm-hmm. that we're all this beautiful diamond on the inside. Yeah. Um, do you work with um, couples, you say, do you, do you hear from the husbands and our wives, you know, depending on the situation after you've worked with them where they're like, wow, that was, that's what's up. Well, most, with most of them, I work like couples coaching. So I teach them how to communicate because we go into relationships as the son of a mother, as the daughter of a mother, but not as individuals. So we come with our own baggage, with our own trauma, our own upbringing. And so we don't talk about what happened to us as we were growing up or how our upbringing was. We just have the honeymoon phase, you know, when everybody's in love, it's a new relationship. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have one argument after another because you trigger one another. That's all it is. It's like a trigger. And rather than seeing that your partner's being triggered and take a step back saying, okay, I see I hit a nerve. What just happened? How can I help? They get triggered because they think it's their fault. And then we have a big disaster and marriage is breaking up. Most marriages can't be saved if people only would understand how to talk to each other. Because they still love each other, right? Yeah, of course. But they can't communicate because they're so severely triggered by each other's past trauma. And just understanding when to take a step back and say, okay, let me help. I see I hit a nerve. What just happened? How do you feel? What can I do? Wow. Being there for them. This changes the whole dynamic of a relationship. That's how I practice this with my husband, because as I was learning, I was he was my guinea pig. And our relationship has evolved. It's amazing. We have conversations that you would feel embarrassed about. (laughs) I can only imagine the poor guy's (laughs) like, okay. But that's yeah. beautiful that he's there um, with you during the journey. And, and um, you know, trauma is a conversation that is coming up a lot. And I'm finding that it's coming up. It's like the thing that the universe works that way. You have a topic and everybody's talking about trauma, but people are afraid to deal with trauma. And what I like about what you're saying is that you make it comfortable is what it sounds like, or as comfortable as it can be. You- as comfortable as possible. Yes. And that's me, it's very important. Yeah, it's very important for me that my clients feel safe with me because we will talk about things they would never ever talk about. So if they don't feel safe with me, I'm not the right person for them. And I acknowledge that. So I'm not pushing, come on, work with me anyway, like some coaches do, like talk you into working with me. No, the people who sign up for a free session with me, they already know they want to work with me. And that's a huge difference. That's so good. In, in, you don't have to stress the concept of working with you because the whole point of working with you is to release all that stress. Exactly. And to stand in your ground and to set your own boundaries, know when to say no, everything. You don't want to get traumatized trying to work with somebody that's helping you release trauma. No, it was a very hard lesson. I had to learn that I am not for everybody. So I want, of course, as a healer, you want to help everybody, but not everybody's meant to work with you. And that was really something where I had to set boundaries with myself and respect that. That was hard for me. Wow. Um, That was, that's an important point. You know, I I like to remind people there's like 7 billion people on the planet. Exactly. That's why there's so many different types of practitioners so that everybody Mm -hmm. has a solution. You can't solve for everybody. 
No, and I'm not for everybody. I'm very direct. I don't sugarcoat things. Sometimes I see my clients gasp when I talk to them, but they all appreciate my dead honesty. But it's not for everybody. I think in my imagination, as I'm engaging with you, I can imagine that um, you're what's needed. You know, when the person comes to you, they need somebody like, let's do this versus they, 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 mm-hmm. they tippy toed all their lives and yeah. haven't got to that point. So now they need somebody to like hold their face and look at them like, okay, we're going to do this. But I'm assuming you do it with love because that's what I, I, feel. I feel your heart. I don't feel you're not like just obnoxious, like blah, blah, blah. You, you, you're just <laughs> straightforward to the point. No. This is what we're going to do today, which is why your mm-hmm. client called you and said, guess what we just did. <laughs> Exactly. And I'm intuitive. So I know it's, I, many times I know exactly what they need to hear. So basically I'm downloading what they need, the message they need to hear so they can shift and you see them, their eyes light up and it just makes sense. This light bulb, I can literally see that light bulb. (laughs) And yeah. And then they just release so much all of a sudden because they understand it. And this is so beautiful to watch. So, so cool. Um, if you were to, you know, if I like I Dream a Genie. If you, I was a genie and I blinked you into the future, what would you, what, what would you like to be doing like three years? Where would you see yourself as, as a facilitator of this modality? What kinds of things would you be doing for the world and for people? I would definitely be, a big part would be on stage, giving people hope that healing is possible. Wow. And I will have all those women behind me who did heal, <laughs> who see did heal. through. So they really showing there is proof and you're not alone. Because that, trauma makes you lonely. It does, doesn't it? Because you're looking at yourself. What's wrong with me? Why did this happen to me? Um, why does it keep happening to me? You know, if if you continue to, to get the same patterns Mm -hmm. and it's not your fault, right? Mm -hmm. You're the victim of whatever it was, right? Especially if it was violent. Um, and you know, I'm going to talk about a hard subject because I too have this in my backstory and that's childhood drama, trauma, Mm -hmm. where it was with molestation and, and, and sexual, um, misconduct. That's like the worst thing. Yeah to put a child through, but then it's one of the hardest things to overcome. What's your message? There's a lot of people out there that are still shielding and still like trying to bury that, but you can't just bury that, can you? No, at some point it's going to come up and bite you. And then you cannot get rid of it anymore. Talk about it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter when it happened. It doesn't matter what the story is. You can heal, you can liberate yourself. It doesn't matter how far in the past it is. If it happened in the womb, while you're still in the womb with your mother and she was traumatized and you took that on, even that you can release. So good, so good. I mean, I go in the generational and ancestral line, more on a spiritual aspect. I go through the Akashic records and clear yes. that trauma, curses, contracts, everything. You're talking my language now. <laughs> I did this for myself while I was developing my method insane what I've found it's really and it's amazing how it changed me one time I felt like my soul was stretching after I released something so powerful Ooh. this and work is incredible 
I, I want to touch on that because, like I said, that 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 I love talking about the 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 akashic records and and the connections to the past. If you have like a cord or a, or a trauma from way long time, how can follow you? Um, can you share like an example and it, it just something to point to to help people understand the impact and how it can really help you when in looking at this? Um, the first word you used was ancestral one of the, mm-hmm. the Akashic records. Could you could you share something with us on that? Sure. Well, I can share a story from my family line. It's not really ancestors, more generational. It's like four generations ago. Um, one of my ancestors had a dairy farm. He was very successful. He was married, had children. And then suddenly his wife died and he couldn't get over her death. So he started drinking. He started gambling. And one night... He gambled away his whole estate with only one deck, with only one deck of cards. So gone was his livelihood, gone was his home, gone was his children's home, gone was their heritage. Just like that. Now imagine what this does to them, to his children, to their children. You know what they pass on, you know, you don't, things like, Don't try to make it in a world. Just work for someone. Keep your head down. Make sure you have food on the table. That's the best you can do. This was going on through my family line until it hit me. And I was like, you know what? No, I don't like working for someone else. I want to have my own business. Didn't know what it was, but I knew I want to have my own business. I'm the first one in, I don't know how many generations who is an author. And there, the the story you shared was really interesting for me because it it, it triggered something uh, for me where it's like how many people are in this conversation about I gotta work hard exactly and if you can tackle that and realize that you don't have to work hard you no. can you can have freedom and play hard and just work <laughs> it's just right. play and make money you know whatever it is whatever words you want to use to describe it but. I know a lot of people was like, my grandfather worked hard. My father worked hard. I'm working hard. And I'm like, wow, but you're like tired all the time. You don't have any time mm-hmm. for your family. You've aged way too early. All the things that's trauma too. So you can exactly. help with that kind of stuff as well. huh? Yeah. Because it's, it's generational conditioning. Money is an energy. How you perceive it is how you receive it. Which means if I think that I've never have enough money, I will never have enough money. If I think I have to work hard to be successful, I will never get the success that I want unless I really work myself to the bone. Yes, having your own business is a lot of work. I mean, I have to get the word out there of my business. People won't just find me because I hope they will. But still, when I work with my clients, I don't work a day in my life because I love it so much. For me, it's not work. For me, it's joy. And when you can do what your heart loves to do, it won't feel it. The days, the time will go by. You know, this is my favorite part of what I do is talking to people and getting their message out. And I I will look up at the clock and like, oh, my goodness, it's like midnight. I need to get some sleep (laughs) (laughs) because you can get into it. Whereas if you're at the office, you're like, oh, my God, it's just been five minutes. When is this day going to go by? Because you're not working for you. You're just working yeah. for the paycheck to pay bills. and Exactly. I talk about the difference between living and surviving. Mm-hmm. You want to survive or you want to live. Um, gosh, so good. And as a, 
a person walking their path now and feeling like your life is different now and you're free now, how much joy do you have having let all that stuff go? If you had had access to someone like you 20 years ago, how much of an impact would that have made on your life? That's a trick question. <laughs> because if I had someone like me 20 years ago, I would not be where I am today. True. So that's a very tricky question. Your so journey, I mean, your journey yeah. is part of the part of exactly. the success, is the journey. Yes, my journey was necessary. So in a way, I am so grateful for everything I've been through, even though it sounds ridiculous, but it got me to where I am today because I do believe I had to go through all of this understand what trauma really is, how it feels to be traumatized, how it feels to be free of trauma so I can help others. Some of us were meant to help those who can't help themselves. So powerful a statement. And I want to say it again um, so people can really hear it. Whereas, you know, yes, we need to heal. Yes, we need to rid the trauma. But the gratitude of these awful things that happened to you because they created this powerful story. That's beautiful. That is, and people miss that. Do you yeah. have that conversation with people as you, as you wake them up and free them? Do some of them actually step into, like you did, they step into whatever their life passion, yeah. life story is? I see that time and time again, the more they heal, the clearer their purpose becomes. The more they hear, heal, the clearer their purpose becomes. You need a bumper sticker that says that. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I hope you guys get that. It's like you're no longer hitting, running into the wall. You're no longer frustrated and running in circles. You now can just walk exactly. out in freedom and pursue the thing that you right. wish to pursue. My gosh. Now, if I may, yes, please. I would like to read you the last paragraph of my acknowledgement in my book, because I wrote it to my abusers. Oh gosh, and please do, yes. Let me explain how I feel about myself. All right, here it goes. I am giving a shout out to all those individuals who let me down, bullied, threatened, manipulated, humiliated, and abused me. It is because of your violation of my body, mind, and spirit that I discovered a strength and resilience I never knew I had. You instilled a darkness within me that helped me discover my light. Let it be known far and wide. I chose to thrive, not despite of what you did, but because of it. Oh, wow. That's what do the kids say? Drop the mic. <laughs> that That's so, um, you know, as, a, as a, uh, an energy healer, uh, you understand the process, of, the concept of energy moving back and forth and, and yeah. how the universe works. That is a beautiful example of energy uh, mm -hmm. transfer. And part of the healing was that statement, right? Right. Do you have that aha moment for your clients too? It's like, that's part of the healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At some point, the story just doesn't matter anymore. And in the beginning, of course, I say, yeah, well, my story, I will never let this go because it happened to me. I was like, yes, of course it happened to you. And it will never be excusable. It is inexcusable. But it doesn't mean you have to keep yourself hostage in your story. 
you're allowed to let yourself go and let your abusers become like just like a speck of dust in your life. They have no room in your life. That's what healing is about. The severity of the story will never change, but for you, it will change because you're going to release it and live your life. You'll oh, reclaim your life and say, I live and I'm going to thrive and you can't do anything about it. Guys, I'm going to, so when you're ready to run for president, I'm going <laughs> to. No, thank you. I hate politics. <laughs> no, yeah. So, you know, the whole forgiveness thing, people, I hear different things about forgiveness. You know, I know even in my own healing journey for a long time, I'm like, no, I forgive no one, you know, because you got that anger moment. Mm -hmm. And then you reach a point where you're forgiving because you're letting it go. And I, I feel like I forgave um, the people that, that traumatized and abused me before I forgave myself. And oh, that's a tricky subject. Yes, I talk about this in my book in detail. So forgiveness is not about saying to the abusers, I forgive you for what you did to me, because what they did is inexcusable. Forgiveness is about allowing yourself to remove yourself from the story. Allowing yourself to let it go, that's forgiveness. I totally get that. And I love how you put it because I didn't actually, in my youth, I did a college paper and I interviewed uh, a family member uh, who was killed and the guy was on death row. And she, the, she forgave him. And I was like, how can you forgive somebody? And she pretty much said what you said. It's like, this is done. Justice has been served. I forgive right. him. I, I'm letting it go. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole different story than you have to sit down and, you know, basically it's almost like apologizing for what they did. <laughs> like the exactly. Apologizing they... to yourself for what they did. No, you just <laughs> unlink yourself from the story and allow the story to fizzle into the abyss where it belongs. Because as long as you're holding on to the story, you're the one who holds yourself hostage. Not the story. You are. You're not allowing yourself to let it go because you feel angry, of course, because you will never get an apology. You will never get a reason why. There is no reason. Try to make sense of someone raping you. Oh, God. There is no reason. There's no sense to be made. So, uh, But you keep yourself in the story because you try to make sense. That's why trauma victims think it's their fault. It's the only thing that makes sense. Until they get that distance, say, wait a minute. No, that wasn't my fault. And then I get angry. That's the survivor stage. And most people get stuck in the survivor stage because they don't understand that they are holding themselves hostage by continuously being angry. And we stay there sometimes for a long time. Yeah, sometimes forever. Just and then you get angry. bitter and you hate everybody. And if it gets worse, you're going to become a narcissist. That's the worst kind. Yeah. If they can't let go, I mean, narcissists are created. They're not born. So... So, so much to, to learn, right? No, don't be sorry. That's why you're here. There's just so much. And it, it feels like it's, 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 a, it's a complicated yet simple process. But for me, I still hear in my, in my heart, like people need help. You know, we, we are so caught up in the self-sufficiency in our society. Go get a book, yeah. watch a video and go forth. It's like the therapist told you, go, go fix yourself. You'll be all right. But man. This is hard stuff. I know. You got to work through it and, and forgiving 
over here, but then coming back to you, you know, you're beautiful, you're sensual, you're all these powerful things that we take away from ourselves when we're mm -hmm. locked in that. We totally, exactly. we, I've seen both sides. I've seen the frumpy, I'm not beautiful. And then I've seen the over-sexualized. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I have no respect for, you know, so we, we do all kinds of stuff to ourselves. Yeah, we mask basically our emotions, no matter what we do. And you want to, this is my favorite comment, you want to do to yourself or, or be for yourself as you would be for your best friend. That's very true. Because you are. But then best. again, we can never get away from ourselves. So it's easy to punish ourselves for the rest of our lives, especially when it comes to guilt. Yes. And why are we guilty? Why is what somebody else do, did to us, why does that make us guilty? Well, for one thing, other people could put that thought in our head that, well, it's your own fault. You shouldn't have worn that skirt. You know, you could have stayed home. I told you, why did you drink and sleep over? That's what I did. I knew that guy for over six months and I was having a little too much to drink to roll through eyes. He was like, okay, I'm going to sleep here and then drive home in the morning. I saw nothing wrong with that. We were friends for six months. And then before I knew it, me, sweatpants and a baggy t-shirt and it didn't matter had no idea he actually had interest in me so yeah and because we're made to feel guilty or we do something that we perceive as horrible we said something to a person and upset them and we're taught to feel guilty i talk about this in my book too <laughs> and it's like it's forgiveness like if we say we apologize and the other person doesn't accept the apology. Doesn't accept the apology. Doesn't matter. You apologized. You did what was right and now you can let it go. And the other person will let it go when they're ready. But you're not, you are not meant to keep your guilt until the other person's ready to forgive you. That's not how this works. That's not how it works. I want to go back because you said something and it and it popped in my head. Um that happens a lot with me. <laughs> that's all right. Talk about your situation. And you were saying that that's, that's how we are. And it goes back a long time. I, I, the, the Mary Magdalene story comes to mind where she was caught with adultery. The guy, we never even know anything about the guy that she was committing adultery with, but they were chasing her through the street with stones because mm -hmm. she was the bad one, not him. And so as women, we got a lot of stuff, right? that society mm -hmm. has put on us and God, it's tough. It is. It's tough. And sometimes we don't even know that mm -hmm. it's that, that we have this stuff. What, how do we, um, what are some of the ways, cause you, you name a few, how, how does this turn up? What are some of the things that you see in terms of how we are professionally, how we are in our relationships? What are some of the things that can come up in our presentation? when trauma is not, it's buried or we're trying to pretend it's not there? Well, for one, it can be fear of failure. Fear of failure doesn't exist. It's the fear of what other people think of us. So, because if you work by yourself and you make a mistake, ah, okay, so it doesn't work, so I move on to the next. But if you do, if you work for someone else and you make a mistake, then you're terrified that they will judge you and ridicule you and you get panic attacks and yeah. All of that, all of that. Uh, and it's the the like the little voices in the head, which is you saying, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know. And then we'll get anxiety. We won't get the anxiety about not completing. 
We get yeah. the anxiety of the outcome, whatever it is. And isn't it funny how most of the time nobody cares? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Crystal, okay, fine. You must not do it again. Okay, do it again. Just go back, do it, bring it when you're done. And you're like, oh man, I lost sleep. I was like, I ate. Exactly. <laughs> yes, know? but this is like conditioning since childhood, you know, not being good enough, making mistakes. It's just like yesterday, my son came home, he's 10 years old, he came home from school and said, you know what, mama, you're going to get an email from the teacher, but I want you to know it was really just a joke. He was so stressed out, he would get in trouble and everything, so I had no idea what happened, but he was very upset. So I got the email with the title, Bathroom Incident. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes. So apparently him and I assume a few friends since it was an incident. So it can't just be him. And he will. I don't think he would ever do anything like this by himself. But OK, was were peeking over the stall for another boy and said, come on, show me your private parts. And of course, the child told the teacher as he should. And then my son got in trouble as he should. Right. And I was like, OK, how do I handle this now? Because punishing him doesn't teach him anything. It just teaches him he did something wrong, but not what. So I sat down with him and I told him that when I was his age, this happened to me. And it felt extremely uncomfortable. And he didn't see this coming. He thought he would get yelled at and who knows what. So I was like, no. So just imagine how this little boy must have felt when you did this such a vulnerable moment sitting on a toilet and then. Kids peeking over and then wanting that from him. I mean, come on, joke or not. And I asked him, how would you feel if your best friend came in while you went to the bathroom? He said, well, I wouldn't like that. I was like, see, that boy did felt very uncomfortable. And then he thought about it. And then he realized that what he did was wrong. I was like, okay, how can I fix it? And I said, well, you can apologize to the boy. That would help. Yeah. So you see, I didn't punish him. I didn't yell at him. I shifted his viewpoint to the child. So I empowered him by finding his own solution, apologizing to him. And I think too, and please correct me if I'm wrong, um, part of this is having the conversations because the natural growth of individuals as they get older and our world is so different now the kids today are just way more open yeah and then about stuff and it's like a lot of parents are just like well you know we're just not going to talk about that because they don't know how to talk about it but you don't have to know how to talk about stuff do you no you don't don't. talk yeah and the thing is if i had punished him then he would just have known it was a bad thing and it would always feel bad he would always feel guilty for what he was doing But by talking to him and giving him the option that he can fix it, by acknowledging to the child that he made a mistake and apologizing for it, not only will he make it feel better because he can close this incident for him, acknowledging to the child he did something wrong and showing him that he respects what he did. And this will help him as an adult because he will learn that, yes, we make mistakes and yes, we can apologize and release it why rather than so keeping afraid? it in. Why are we so afraid of apologizing? What is it about the apology? Because growing up, you were punished for doing something wrong and you apologize and people were so upset, especially parents that wouldn't accept your apology and say, well, I don't want your apology right now. 
that makes you feel bad because you tried to fix it and you weren't allowed to. That so, is the problem. So an apology is not about admitting you're wrong. Apology is basically, I care about you more than I care about being right. So I'm sorry I made you feel this way, right? Yes. yes. It also is acknowledgement that we did something wrong did and something. owning it. We're owning it. Got and own that it. is powerful. So if we teach that our children now by sitting down with them, talking with them, rather than just send them to the room, no, I don't know, electronics for a week or something, they don't learn anything. They just learn how it feels to be punished. But we're parents. We're supposed to get them. We know this stuff, but they don't. Kids mess up all the time. But that's our moment to teach them in a positive way why it was wrong and what they can do to change that. That's how they learn, not by being punished. Wow. I I, I, I keep writing things down as, as you talk to all the things I want to There's so much. Um, but I want to make sure I give you the opportunity, um, Sandra, to let people know how to reach out to you. And if you have anything for them, um, whether it's a session or anything that you'd like them to, I want to give you that moment right now because time is coming to an end. Time oh. flies when you're having, I know. <laughs> Sure. Well, you can reach me through my website. It's called riseaboveyourstory.com. You can reach me on Facebook under the same name. And what I added as a free gift was a little mini series for trigger release. It's like three little videos that walk you through how to release an emotional trigger. And I hope you like it. It was one of my first video series that I did. So if I fumble a little bit, <laughs> please don't take it too seriously. And I love the first ones. I, 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 I talked to so many people and a couple of them, I'm, I was their first podcast. And then I see them a couple of years later and they're like all fabulous and auspicious. And I'm like, I remember that first time, but there's a, there's a, there's a funness to when we step out. Yeah. And everybody had their first time on the stage, their first presentation. Mm -hmm. And it's fear that stops us from doing it. And yeah. I feel like talking to you, if somebody has fear, they can get out there and do it because they may not realize they're wrestling with a trauma. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's just a comfort zone because outside the comfort zone, we don't know what's going to happen. But oh. if you step out your comfort zone, you stretch it automatically. So the more you get out there and challenge yourself, the bigger your comfort zone gets. And I did this too. I remember the very first time I had an interview, it was radio. Oh my God. I had all my crystals in my hands. I was like so tight. I was, I was sweating. and was, my heart was pounding. And after that, I was like, great. That was just a conversation. <laughs> it's a conversation. You're not, you're exactly. not in a movie. You're not being considered for the Oscar. <laughs> exactly. And then when I had my first video podcast, it was the same thing. I was like, oh my God, do I look okay? Is my makeup fine? Does my clothes work? Oh my goodness, when people see my face, I don't like my face and all of those things. And now here we are two years later. I still don't like making my own videos because I just stare at the camera. But <laughs> talking to someone is it's fun. You know, it's great when you can talk about a subject like trauma and make it actually fun. You know, you know, it's beautiful when someone loves what they do and they speak with passion. And as I listen to you talk, you, 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 um, 
you totally are coming from a space of this deep desire to help people. Yeah. And that's beautiful because like, we need help really bad. We're like, we need help, you know? <laughs> so as we come to a close, I always hate coming to a close. I get these really great conversations and then I'm like, oh, we're coming to a close. Um, all good things come to an end. I want to give you a couple minutes to just give the people um, the why, you know, for, for reaching out to Sandra, you know, what, what, what can you give to them? Well, we all deal with trauma on different levels and we don't know how much it's really stopping us from truly living until we let it go. Because we don't realize when we're stuck in trauma, how much it is holding us back. I can tell you, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago and I'm so grateful I mean, I have a t-shirt that says, underestimate me, that'll be fun. <laughs> what I've never worn this while I was still traumatized because now I'm confident. And this is a natural confidence. It's not like I need to act like I'm a better person. No, this is a natural confidence that comes from within me because I healed, because I know exactly who I am. And knowing exactly who you are comes from healing everything you are not. And trauma is everything you are not. Your limiting beliefs is everything you are not. Wow. And that's what I need to do. Wow. You did it again. Sorry. <laughs> I can't help it. Get me every time. Oh, it was good. I, am, I had such a good time chatting with you. I really, really feel like people, you guys, you need to reach out, connect with Sandra. I always tell my guests, if you give something, like you have your three trigger release three videos is it mm -hmm. every time you offer something i always gonna i'm gonna go out and, and and check it out and then i'm gonna post a review so people can see that you know can hear how cool it is so i got it written down that i gotta go i gotta go do that so i can thank you get that and you know life without trauma sounds like a beautiful place to live it is it's amazing i love it i can't imagine any other way Yes. Well, thank you so much. I'm hoping to chat with you again. I, you, you are part of, you are in, in my, my community now. You belong to me, Sandra. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, thank well, you. maybe when I'm an next book that's coming out, which is about human evolution and the origin of trauma, that will be an interesting subject. Yes. yes. <laughs> everybody yeah. asks me, why am I being traumatized? Why is this happening? She's and the answer can be found in, a, in the evolution. Evolution of trauma. And so you have all three books already picked out. You're like writing the Lord of the Rings of trauma release. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's a place to be, a place where you can be happy in life mm -hmm. and not have your life made up about the stories that were not the happiest stories and the happiest adventures. Exactly. I love that. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I can't wait to talk to you guys next when her book comes out, because that's going to be a big awakening as well. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. Have a fabulous day, everybody. Remember, if you live life through joy, you can do anything. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.